Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. The band might just stay here for two seconds while we do something a little bit different to start off. We're going to talk about hope today, and I want us to get our hopes up this morning as we talk about God and talk about His Word. You know, God wants to do an amazing work in our lives, in our families. He wants to do an amazing work in our workplaces. Um, and whatever it is that God wants to do in those arenas of our life, it starts with us. And, and the vehicle for faith is hope. And everyday life comes against our hope. And so we're going to pray today and we're going to believe today that whatever things are attacking your hope, that we will arrest them. The Bible talks about taking our thoughts captive, being part of the process, understanding what it is that God wants and how the enemy works and how we offensively um, protect ourselves because hope is the vehicle for faith. And I just, as we were kicking off today, you know, this song that we just sang, it talked about family. And I just want to pray particularly for family today. Those of you who are struggling with family or you're distant from family, there might be a family breakdown. I don't know um, what's going on, but you know what? Family is important to God and He wants us to be positively influencing those in our families. You know, Um, health. There's a lot being said in the Christian world around God's place in healing and health. But all I know is every single song that we sang today said Jesus is a healer. Now, I don't know. There's a gap between sometimes what we pray for and what we get. I understand that. And I don't actually even have the answers to why some things don't happen like we would pray or like we would hope. But all I know is this, is that Jesus is the one that gets our hopes up. If you read the Bible and you take nothing else into consideration, He is a God of healing. And so for you and for healing and for your family's healing and for breakthrough and for no breakdown and for peace and for joy, this is where we go. We go to Jesus. But to do that, we have to get our hopes up. We've got no choice. And so Father God, before we kick off today, we thank You for hope. And we thank You, Lord God, that no matter what we do, if we read that Word, You get our hopes up. And it is so annoying and it is so frustrating because hope as a process is frustrating. But we hang on and we hold on. And You've promised, Lord God, that we do not grow faint in doing good. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And Father, we just thank You today that we will get our hopes up again that we will dare to dream, that we will dare to take You at Your Word, that we will dare to fight the good fight and that we won't cower and shrink back. And Father, we pray for Your Holy Spirit today. Come, Holy Spirit. You're already here, but we invite You, come. Do Your work in our lives because we've had enough. Enough is enough. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Very good. All right, thank you, guys. So we're going to talk about hope. Cool, cool. My name's Daniel, by the way, if you don't know me. Thank you for that. Um, It's important, I think, for us just to be a bit fair dinkum about things, isn't it? And I want to talk about hope, and and I just can't shake this 
these thoughts that I've been having around hope uh, as a theme in my life this year. Um, and, and I think it's for a couple of different reasons because it's ultra, ultra, ultra important in our lives that we live by hope. But it's also one of the first things we let go of when things go south. Um, and I'll explain myself. But I think God wants us to get our hopes up. I really do. But there's a massive risk in that. You know, where you put, once you start getting your hopes up, there's a voice in the back of your head that says, don't do that. You're just, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. You know? And I think that's why hope is so important. Anyway, I'm, I'm going on. I'm going to just get straight to it. There is a process of hope. Now, we live in a world where hopelessness is rampant, where people have given up expecting anything good in their world. But the reason isn't because what they desire is impossible. It's often because they've given up hope and don't understand the process of hope. So we're going to talk about it. Hope is a feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. I love what God does. God always gets our hopes up, which is so frustrating. And there's, you know this scripture and it says, um, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know when he says that? There's another version and it says a future and a hope. And there's another version that says to give you an expected end. Now, when God gave that promise, he was giving it to the Israelites who were in captivity because of their sinfulness. And here he was, God saying, okay, I know you're in captivity. I know you're the cause of your captivity. You're going to be there for a while, but I want you to get your hopes up. I know the plans I still have for you. Who he feels as though you're in captivity, being in captivity. You know, if you're saved, you understand what it feels like to be lost and now be found, to be blind and now be see. But who knows that when you become a Christian, the knocks don't stop coming. Who he feels like they need to draw a line in the sand and go, okay, that's enough. I want my situations to change, yes, but I need my heart to change. I need joy. I need to overcome. I need to live a better life than this. I need to be a positive influence. I've got to stop being cranky. I've got to stop being negative. I've got to stop looking at my future and being scared of the next hit that's coming. Who can live like that? And one of my, one of my personality weaknesses is anticipation of bad things. And so I've had to really practice this and still really have to practice it. I can't live anticipating bad things. And then I'd read a scripture and it says this. It says, um, perfect peace of those whose hearts are steadfast on God. It doesn't say perfect peace of those whose futures are set and clear and nothing ever is going to happen. There's another scripture and it says, do not, um, do not, what's the word he actually uses? Fret. Do not fret because it only leads to evil. You know what fret means? To worry to concern yourself, don't do that because it only leads to evil, it only leads to further worry and concern. And, and we see scripture upon scripture upon scripture where Jesus might say, hey, oh God, um, in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament, he says, do not let your heart be troubled and do not, do not be afraid for I am with you. And these are the scriptures that need to be our bedrock. 
Because if we're after consistency and stability in this world, we're going to be on shaky ground. It's not going to happen even though we wear a Christian badge, even though we come to church. Now, I want to pray that nothing bad will happen in your lives, and I actually live thinking that nothing bad is going to happen in my life, but we know that stuff happens. So where does our peace come from then? Where does our joy come from? I believe 100% that you can limit the trauma in your life by living a righteous life and living obedient unto God and looking after those things um, in your family and being proactive and all of that stuff. You can just imagine what I'm trying to get at here. I think if we live a good life, we can live a good life. And there are ways to, I don't know a nice word to say, stuff it up if you want to go and make decisions that are not going to be good for your life. But even if you do everything perfectly, you're still going to live in the world and stuff happens outside of your control. Where do you get peace from? Where do you get stability? Where do you get joy from? Listen to this. I'm going to start with a scripture that is one of the last scriptures I was going to use, but I think it's really crucial for to start off with it. And Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So listen to what this is saying, Romans 15, 13. May the God of all hope... Now, if he's the God of all hope and you believe in him, what's he going to want to sow into you? All right, moving quickly along. May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that. The so that is contingent on you having joy and peace. The God of all hope wants to give you joy and peace so that. What's the first thing that the enemy comes for and that we give up when we go through trial and tribulation? And yet it's a prerequisite for the so that. Let's have a look what it says. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, beyond your ability, beyond your natural comprehension, beyond your ability as a human being, that this Holy Spirit that has been promised to you and that lives in you might do something in you that you can't do on your own. What's your job in it, I wonder? Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Hold on to your joy and peace. Find a way to put your foot and your feet in the hope that God gives us through His Word so that the Holy Spirit might help you to abound in hope. It's like a circle. It's the, it's the God of all hope wants you to have joy and peace so that the Holy Spirit can give you more hope. And this is the way we get through life, guys. It doesn't matter what comes at us. You know, this is why Paul would say, um, whether I bound or base, I've learned to have whatever he said. What did he say? Um, I've learned to have peace no matter if I bound or base. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I don't like to suffer. I really don't. But I'm not giving my hope up. I'm not giving up hope. And I'm not giving up joy and I'm not giving up peace. And stuff might happen, but I've learned that the way forward is me holding on to what is mine. 
And I've said this scripture before up here, but there's, an, there's another scripture that Jesus said, and he said, I have given you um, peace, and my peace I give you, my peace I leave you. And then he says, do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. So peace in Jesus' mind is a past tense gift, like Bree talked about, done, dusted. So don't let your heart be troubled and let, don't let be afraid. And he says, because I don't give as the world gives, this isn't a performance-related gift. I give it to you. Protect it. And this is what we have to understand. Like, nobody likes hardship. I hate hardship. You talk to Daz. You know, I love comfort. He's always getting into me because, you know, he's, he's surprised I'd even go camping. But you know what? As much as I don't like it, I'm not going to live life dreading and fearing and that kind of stuff. I've spent too many years doing that. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I do know that I'm going to hold on to hope, hopefully through God's grace and peace and joy so that the Holy Spirit can do a work in me. Are you going to let him do a work in you? Because if we hold God to ransom emotionally and hold out, I'll hope and I'll faith. I'll have faith when things turn around. That's not the way it works. And we're going to be waiting a long time. But God understands something. Look at this. Proverbs 13, 12 says, He says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is the tree of life. God understands that when hope is deferred, it makes us crook. It makes us feel bad. It makes us want to pull back. It makes us want to give up. And this is the risk of hope. Because let me just tell you this. It might say that the Bible understands that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So it would say that the God of all hope understands that there's a process And when that process stretches out, he understands that it makes us feel bad. But the risk of hope is this, that you have to have a longing, a dream and a desire in the first place. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled. You have to have a longing, a dream and a desire to start with. But there's the risk. Hope is a process. We talk about this a fair bit, but guess what? Hope is the vehicle for our emotions. And it's like this. Here's what we're hoping and praying for. And here's the gap in the middle. I think every time I get up here, I talk about this. I'm sorry, I go over it and over things. But this part in the middle is where our hope is meant to carry our emotions. And hope carries our faith. To, to a time where it's fulfilled. Then the Bible says, well, you don't need hope anymore. Who hopes for things they've already received? But without hope, you'll never receive. I'll tell you why. In Hebrews 11, it says this, Now faith is the assurance of things and the conviction of things not seen. Faith, in all the times that it's mentioned in the Bible, which is heaps, as you know, faith 
is the essence of things that you are hoping for. Faith, in all the times that it's mentioned, it's impossible to please God without faith and all the mention of faith and with faith the size of a mustard seed and faith this and faith that and faith, you receive your um, salvation through faith and you receive grace through faith. You receive every single thing in God through faith. All that means is that he doesn't give you a certificate of proof that you have to believe it. You have to understand it and believe it. But the Bible's saying that the essence of that is your hope. The faith, the essence, the, the oh, sorry, I'll go back. Faith is the assurance of things that you hope for and the conviction of things that aren't yet seen. And that's the frustrating part, guys. There's a process in the middle where we don't see it. We're holding on for hope and we're having faith in a good God, but we can't see it yet. And it's frustrating. The Bible even admits when that drags out, it makes our heart sick. But we've got to hold on because hope is the process. So what we're going to talk about quickly is the process. And the first part is this. We have to be aware. The first part is this. We have to be aware of what's on offer. Now, the only reason that we can talk about Jesus being a healer and God desiring healing is because we become aware of it because we read in the Scripture. Now, prior to that, we wouldn't know what God was and we wouldn't know what God's desires were. But we become aware of things through the Scripture. So for those of us and all of us that are a bit burdened by how much we read the Bible and how much we don't read the Bible, you know, and feeling like, you know, we're failures or we're doing awesome, depending on how much time and how much we enjoy it, let me just let you off the hook for a little bit. You aren't doing God a favour by reading the Bible. You're doing yourself a favour because by reading the Bible, you become aware of God and his intentions for your life. But what God's desire is from the Word is that once you've read it, you'll believe it and then apply your faith to it, that you'll take him at his word. So that's the first part. Because it says this, in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we ask for or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And so here we go. I'm aware now that God wants to do immeasurably more in me than I've ever hoped for, dreamed or imagined. And that spurs me along when I feel like a failure. But then it says, according to his power that is at work within me. So how does God's power work within us? Let's have a look at it. So the first thing we need to do is understand it. We need to acknowledge it. We need to become aware of it. The second thing we need to do is accept it. So how does God's power work through us? So there's the understanding or being aware. Um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We're aware of that. But do you believe it? You know, and so there is a process, isn't there? You know, God is, Jesus is a healer. Yep, we're aware of that. Um, but do we believe it? And so there is definitely a process. We're going to, we become aware, then we've got to accept it, if you will. So the second step in the power of a hope is accepting and believing what he says. Now, in the question of how does God's power work within us, let's have a look at this scripture. Second Peter. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. 
His divine power has already given us everything we need for life and godliness. It's kind of like peace. My peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Well, Peter says, and this is failure, Peter. This is Peter who failed and and actually um, denied Jesus Christ. Well, he says now, he's turned around, he said, actually, his divine power, by his divine power, he's already given us everything we need for life and godliness. But it goes on, it says this, through our knowledge of him who called us into his own glory and goodness. So it's through the knowledge. So you don't know this when you wake up Monday morning and feel terrible, but God has given you everything you need for God, life and godliness for that day. But it's through the knowledge that that's the case. So that's the, the aware part. The knowledge is the aware part. You're not going, doing God a favour by reading the Bible. You're doing yourself a favour because it, it gives you understanding and knowledge. And that is meant to be the first step. Okay, then it says this. And through these, this knowledge, he has given us his great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Promises. God's word is a catalyst for you to participate in the divine nature of God. When was the last time that God was anxious and fearful? You know, when was the last time that God wanted to give up? We participate in a, in a dimension that is not ours when we hold on to a promise, when we become aware of it and then we accept it. God has given us everything we need for, for life and godliness through the knowledge of God. And through these, He has given us His great and precious promises so that through them, we may participate in the divine nature. God wants us to get our hopes up. He wants us to participate in what he has for us. How does he do that? He makes us aware of what he wants for us. Then what happens? We hold on. We get our hopes up so that we may participate in the divine nature. That's how come human beings can walk on water, heal the sick and raise the dead. That's how come you can overcome obstacles. And the Bible says, it says that we'll have perfect peace and peace that surpasses understanding and that we'll have joy overflowing and that we'll have wisdom and insight and we'll have gifts of the Spirit and we'll have things that are otherworldly go on in our lives. Why? Because of your performance or because of what you believe? Remember the, that faith is the assurance of things that you hope for is the source, and this is the question of faith, but is the source of our hope. Is the source of our hope telling the truth? Is the source of our hope worth putting hope in? Is the source of our hope trustworthy? Is the source of our hope got his best for us? Is the source of our hope true to his word? Is the source of our hope relevant for today? Is the source of our hope um, still care about us? Does the source of our hope, so this is the question. 
What have we got our hopes in? Now, the Bible would try to get our hopes up that the source of our hope is relevant for today. He's still a healer. The source of our hope loves us even though when we make mistakes. The source of our hope has a plan and a purpose for us. But what comes against the source of our hope is everything that happens during the day. It's the death of a loved one. It's sickness. It's disappointment. It's mistakes. It's fear. It's all those things that happen to us and we can't explain it and we don't understand how it works because we prayed that wouldn't happen and it happened anyway. And then what starts to happen is we falter on the source of our hope. Don't falter on the source of your hope. Don't falter on the source of your hope. Look, guys, He wants to do above and beyond what we've ever hoped, dreamed or imagined in our lives. But it depends on us not faltering at the source of our hope. We have to lift our hopes up. And the danger if you lift in your hopes up that you'll be disappointed. But you have to be a person that's willing to risk it anyway. Because what's the the alternative? The alternative is what we're living now. Hopelessness, fear, doubt, uncertainty, even though we should be certain. We all live it, guys. We all live it. When are we going to draw a line in the sand and go, that's it? I'm never going to doubt the source of my hope ever, ever again. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not putting my hopes on what happens. I'm putting my hopes in Him. And He is a good God and He's for me, not against me. And even when I make a mistake, He's promised my my sins are as far as the east is from the west. And He'll give me His Holy Spirit so that I can be otherworldly, even though I don't feel like I'm up to it. Do you know probably part of the reason that we don't see more signs and wonders is because God doesn't want to? Honestly, guys, it's not. If you just read the Bible and what Jesus says, that Jesus says this, he says, I don't do anything unless I first hear the Father do it. So we know that whatever Jesus did, God asked him to do it. And nobody that ever come to Jesus ever got turned away from being healed. There was a couple of times that you'll know of when he went back to his own, own hometown and They didn't have faith because they knew Jesus. So they didn't make him their source of their hope because he was familiar to them. We know you. We know your father. We know your mother. You're a carpenter, bro. We're not putting our faith in you. But for those that did, for those that made Jesus Christ the source of their hope, there was nobody he didn't heal. Now, okay, What about all the times that we've prayed and it doesn't come to pass? I actually don't know. I don't know the answer to that and I'll never know the answer to it. But I'm never going to believe he's not a healing God because he's the source of our hope. And I'm going to get my hopes up even though I've I've seen some things happen but not as much as I've prayed for and not as much as I've desired. But we can't drop our hopes because of that. The Bible would say to get our hopes up. And what I would say to you is that if you don't do that, if you don't partake in this process of hope, it'll kill you. It'll kill your faith. You'll start to slowly die and you'll blame the pastor and you'll blame the church and you'll blame this and you'll blame that. But it's not that. There's a process undergoing, hope and faith. Hope is a vehicle for our emotions while we are walking day to day trying to outwork what we have put our hopes in. And the enemy's coming for your hope. He's coming for your faith. So the first thing we need to do, guys, is we need to 
we need to understand it. We need to be aware of what God has for us. The second thing is we need to accept it. That in itself's hard. But listen to this. That scripture I said for you know the plans I have for you. Listen to this. Is that for you? Now that's an Old Testament scripture, and it's for the Israelites in the day. You know, and that was for Israel, and, and those promises are for there. And I don't know if they're for now. And you know, and Jesus was two thousand years ago, and you know, and things have changed, and things have moved on, and and I don't know if it's for me. Well, listen to this. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for His glory. So listen to this. That was the New uh, Living Translation. The New King James Translation says it this way. For all the promises in God are yes in Him. And, he, and in Him, amen to the glory of God through us. Let me just tell you what is going on here. That for every promise that God ever made, it's yes in Jesus Christ. But then it's our amen and our yes that then gives glory to God. It's us believing it. Every promise, remember, we know, don't we, the promises that allow us to, to and enable us to live the divine nature, to overcome the sickness, to overcome the depression, the oppression. It, 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 it helps us to hold on. If nothing changes in our life, at least we've got joy and peace. So that. So that we can abound in hope. And every promise that's ever been made in God is yes in Jesus Christ. But then it's our yes, our amen, that actually gives glory to God. It's us agreeing with it. So we're going to need to be aware of it, but then we need to accept it. And there's a big battle in that section. And just, we're going to finish. But the last point is we need to nurture it. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Do not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Let me just talk to you quickly as we finish about the flesh and the Spirit. The flesh is our senses. How we feel, what we see, what we think, what we hear. There's nothing wrong with that, but it has major limitations. Jesus says, my words are spirit and my words are life. And so when we overcome the natural and hold on to the spiritual, which is what He says, we are sowing seeds of His Spirit in our life. Now, flesh and spirit can mean lots of different stuff, but essentially that's what it means. Are you going to be people that live by your senses, what you think, what you've seen, what you feel? The, the reasons that you've come up with that God doesn't do what you thought He would do. Or are you going to live by the Spirit, which is what Jesus says, my words are spirit, my words are life. We're going to live by the Spirit, aren't we, guys? May God, the God of all hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit 
you may abound in hope. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you've given us your great and precious promises so that we may participate in the divine nature. And Father, for all of us here today who have gone through things, Father, we surrender the emotion, the feeling of that so that we can hold on to the Spirit, hold on to your Word, hold on to your promises. And Lord God, may we forever give us the grace, Lord God, because we can't do it alone, to hold on to you as our source of hope. Because the Bible says this, it says that those who trust in Jesus will never be put to shame. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.